Over the next hour, we're going to talk to our guest about culture. I think you're going to find it pretty interesting. You speak, we listen. Conversations connecting people. This is the Chuck Williams Show. Our guest is Cesar Batista. Uh, how did I do, Cesar? How did I do on the pronunciation of the first name? I'm gonna give you a seven. Out of what? Hundred or ten? I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> no, out of ten. Out of ten. This is pretty good. This is gonna be a fun hour. Y'all are gonna get to view some of what I do on Saturday morning in my conversations. Cesar runs a popular downtown restaurant, owns a popular downtown restaurant, the Bodega. It's on 12th Street. But he's also an Army, he's an Army veteran, um, worked in special operations for a while. Um, he uh, just kind of a man about town, but I enjoy just sitting there and talking to him on Saturday morning. So I'm hoping this is what this is going to be like. You and I can talk forever, can't we? We can do that. <laughs> hey, you know, and it's you've got such a wide variety of life experiences and you were born and raised in Puerto Rico. Yes, I was. Talk about your homeland. So Puerto Rico is a pretty fun place to live at and it's really diverse when it comes to, to your neighbors and, and your experiences. Um, Puerto Ricans are passionate about everything they do. Um, since we're a territory of this United States, and that's how I grew up, um, we have access to a lot of things. Um, kind of different to our neighbors in the Caribbean, um, Dominican Republic, um, Cuba, um, Haiti, that their reality is, is totally different because um, they don't have access to a lot of things that we do, and we don't have access to a lot of things they do have access. Um, so I'm not going to say one is better than the other. Um, my dad is actually from Dominican Republic. So when people ask me if I'm a Latino person, I tell them no. I tell them I'm Caribbean because um, I'm an islander. I have more things in common with people from Hawaii, which was one of the stations that I got. I was lucky enough to, to be at than from people from the middle of any republic in South America because their reality is totally different. So you consider yourself Caribbean? I am Caribbean. And what part of the of Puerto Rico did you grow up? Were you in San Juan? Were you out? No, actually I was in a small town called Juncos. That's east coast uh, in the island. Is it close really? to Ponce? No, it's actually the other okay. um, East Coast. Ponce is kind of central West Coast okay. and in the South. So Puerto Rico is really small. It's 100 by 35. I mean, that, that was the last measurement that I remember. I, I know there's some debate on it. Um, and 100 miles by 35 miles. Yes. So you can go around the island in four or five hours if you commit, I mean, without traffic and... and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, we grew right up. We grew up with access to everything. I was 15 minutes from the beach, but 30 minutes from the capital. I was there about 15 years ago. Your beaches are spectacular. They're amazing. They they are. I mean, but one thing people don't realize about the topography of Puerto Rico is 
there's an incredible mountain on that. I mean, one of the tallest peaks I've ever climbed. I mean, was Junque. Junque. I live 20 minutes from it. Did you ever, do you ever spend time going to the top of a Junque? Lots of times, lots of times walking with my dogs, like, uh, walking with Josie when we were um, engaged. A um, lot of memories with my family. And it's a mountain, but it also has a jungle feel to it because the the vegetation is so dense and lush. It's actually the rainforest. So there's uh, it's humid. It's, it's, it's spectacular. It's being literally in paradise. And and that's one of the jokes when you sit at Bolega now when the condens- condensation <laughs> of the <laughs> AC. That's why I say you're in the rainforest, and that's what I'm referring to. You know... You grew up there. Why'd you leave? I mean, you obviously joined the U.S. Army, but what what led you to to decide you wanted to go in the Army? So it is crazy because I was against it when I was growing up. I don't have any military background in my family. I'm actually the first soldier um, in the family. But a number of Puerto Ricans are in the you will find a Puerto Rican in every unit in the U.S. <laughs> military, um, which is fun. Um, we're Our lifestyle is so different and similar as Columbus, um, when I, where I grew up at, that I, I, will, I, would, I was never looking forward to staying in Columbus. Like, I, I didn't thought about it. It didn't, I came here... To, to be stationed here for three years and go back to my unit. Um, but the man upstairs have different plans for us. Um, so growing up, I, I, I didn't see the military as the big army. I saw the reserves part of it. That's what the big units that we have down in Puerto Rico. And I didn't relate to them at all. Actually, late in life, because I joined, I went to basic at 38. One of my employees that was uh, had a part-time with us, he was a soldier that got stationed in San Juan, and he was Puerto Rican as well. And one of my good friends, he was military long time before we had this talk, and in 2000, uh, 2010, um, he actually was really serious when he told me one day, hey, Caesar, you would have made it in military at 18. At 38, you that's impossible. And the other guy was sitting there. The, the What's the enlistment age cap? Well, it depends. At that time, it was 42 because Afghanistan was on, and there's a lot of realities. And, and the military is a lot about numbers. Um, so they let in. <laughs> Were you living in Puerto Rico? I was you? living in Puerto Rico. I had a few businesses at that point. I had a signage company for a few years. And when I say a few, it was more than a decade. And um, a tire center, a sports bar. I created and worked at, at a restaurant at the time. And So you've always been in the hospitality industry. I've always. I've been in a restaurant business since I'm... So fourteen. At, so at thirty eight, you joined. Did you join the reserves? Or no, you I joined rank? straight up. I was gonna do it for three years. I'll do a contract and and leave. And I um, they signed me up as a, as an intelligence guy. At least that's 
their reservation for my MOS was until I got to MEPS and I became suddenly a combat medic. <laughs> and they told me, I remember this. I was, they said like, yeah, man, you're going to be a doctor. And I'm like, my sister is a dentist and took her almost <laughs> nine years. How long are you going to make me a doctor in six months? Don't tell me that. And that's how my career started. So you were a combat medic. I was a combat medic in a infantry unit in Hawaii, 25th Ivy. And I felt really proud of what I was doing. And then I, re, uh, I faced the reality of life that I was, I could be the father of all these guys that I was working with. They were 19 years old, 18 years old, 20 years old, and there I'm 38, 39 years old. They have never had to own a car before or bought a house or, and that's actually. There's no, there's no substitute for life experience, is there? There's none. Um, it's interesting how my mom and my dad raised me and my sister to adapt to whatever life throws you at. And, and we wouldn't realize I don't know if they plan it that way or, or they just were <laughs> uh, following that wave that we get to serve every morning. Um, but that had a huge impact in, in who I am and how I live. So you stayed in the Army for how long? Ten years. Ten years. So you got out of the Army then? Well, they, as I say, they kicked me out. I was medically retired okay. um, at, at last four, year. At 48? At 48. Um, so you were in Columbus when you got medically retired then, right? Yes. I got to, I had the opportunity to be an instructor at Winsec. Okay. Um, I loved that opportunity to, to be able to keep on working with partner nation. I, uh, um, after being a medic, I was, uh, I was a psyop guy. For people that don't. No, tell them what WinSec is. I mean, I know, obviously, but tell them what WinSec is. WinSec is the Western Hemisphere um, Institute. Um, we we pair up with partner nation that uh, countries that are aligned with our Colum beliefs. Colombia. Colombia, Peru, everyone in the Western Hemisphere. Canada is there. Um Jamaica has some soldiers there. There's a Nicar lot of, Nicaragua has soldiers. Nicaragua has had soldiers there. Yeah. It depends actually on the relationship with the U.S. and that country at the time, because um, people that come here have to be vetted by the uh, and each then, embassy. And then y'all train them. And and uh, actually, what it does is that it makes them understand uh, more about how we do things, and for us to understand how they do things. People think that the U.S. goes in there into a war by themselves against the world, and it's not like that. Countries like Mexico has supported us in different wars. Uh, Peru has supported us. Colombia has supported us. And the more that we are aligned, the easier it is for us to, to make our, meet our goals. So while you were here, you know, you were still active duty or, or still active duty headed toward medical retirement and you decided to start a restaurant in downtown Columbus. I gotta correct you, it was not like that. 
I was here active duty and I had no plans of opening any restaurants here. I made a mistake when I I tried to get an apartment in at the Rapids. Yeah. And I already me and my wife already were ready to PCS to that means to change duty stations and I told her I got the house situation covered. And I come to find out that the pet policy only allowed you one dog at the rapids, and we have two dogs. And I had no time to 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 <laughs> solve that issue, so I was walking towards downtown Columbus because that's one thing we knew we wanted. We knew we wanted to live in downtown because it gave us access to go out dining and whining and and spend more time with each other. And I walk and I didn't find nothing. And I was walking towards the Empire Building on a Sunday and asked one guy that was working out at the gym there. And he got me, he gave me the dog's number, the guy that manages the, the building. And they don't and have I, a pepper. And I rented an apartment. They do have one, but it's obviously more flexible. And the space was there. I look at it, I didn't want it. Like I said, I knew Josie would have hated the idea. Josie's um, your wife. Josie is my wife. We've been married for 25 years together for 30 years. But that's been a roller coaster ride for her. It has been like 15 minutes, <laughs> but under the water with no oxygen <laughs> tank or nothing. It has been a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, I've been blessed always. I hope she has as well. But we're still together and happy. And then uh, we went out whining and dining, and we saw the opportunity for for what we knew to do, like Latin American food. Um, people think that Bodega is a Puerto Rican restaurant, and they don't even know that I'm half Dominican. <laughs> it's not. It's, we are from Puerto Rico, and we're really proud of it. But the niche that we saw, it was Latin American food. It's actually Spanish American Latin, the, the, the bodega. I mean, give me an example of something that's on the menu. I mean, that you that you say is Latin American food. So, it is a, a Spanish American first because our most popular sandwich, the Cuban sandwich, was born in Ybor City, Miami, uh, um, Tampa. Florida, Tampa. So, that's not. Latin that was born in America and in the U.S. And I will tell you this without being an endorser. The Cuban sandwich is a go-to for me. I absolutely love it. It's, oh, man, I'm going to make some enemies right now. It's the best sandwich in Columbus. I appreciate it. We, call it what it is. Let's, uh, let, let's, say, let's say that it, it is aligned to your palate. Uh, it, it is. It is. Oh, man, that shredded pork. and oh, It's just so oh. that, that sandwich kind of led the whole menu. That and coffee. We were not planning to have a big menu. Bodega, Bodega has adapted to different realities in life. First of all, we were going to sell it. We ran into it, saw the opportunity, and jumped on it. Because we got here on March 3rd. And on April 1st, we already signed a contract. You know, and it's interesting, the space that you have operated in, 
And I used to do a lot of restaurant stories before I came over to WRBO while I still at the newspaper. That space, I always thought the space, it was the space that I'd seen three restaurants fail in that space. And I was like, when you opened up, I said, well, I'll give him eight months, maybe nine. And, you know, and, and, and for some reason, you're what, three years into it, four years, four years into it, actually, August 30th is our fourth year. Why have you been successful in space that others haven't, hasn't, haven't been? I gotta be honest with you. It's not, if you see the restaurant business as a business, you will fail because you will close it down. There's no, there's no restaurant that hasn't struggled at any point. The restaurant is a lifestyle and I, we have been blessed enough that we have found the right people to work with. And more than that, Columbus has embraced bodega in a way that I have never um, experienced anything before. Um, we have been blessed by Columbus being supporters of us. It's like you and your wife. You guys go and you're part of bodega. Everyone what? knows knows that that the customers. Yeah, it's you see a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. You have a heavy Hispanic customer base. Um, so ninety percent of our customers are not Hispanic. But if you go in there, it looks like it's almost fifty fifty, particularly military. Yes, it is obviously uh, Latin American people gravitate to it. They're full because it's it. a taste of home in some way. But it's a taste of home, and that's actually something that I am really careful with. The only thing that I can identify, and I'm not judging any culture by no means, from Latin American people that makes our niche so um, interesting is that in Latin America, everyone cooks. And they cook well. So when they judge a dish... They judge it because they know how to prepare it. I mean, they know what a poultry dish, you know. They, 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 they're not judging a dish from a restaurant. They're judging a dish that w- their moms used to make at home. And nobody cooks no like pre- mom. No pressure. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when we add something to the menu, we know that some grandma did it better than us. So, we have to pour that. Uh, uh, passion into it. You know, is it, one of the people that worked for you early on was one of our production guys, Eldrick Dowdell. Eldrick. And he, you know, he would work here and he would work for y'all and he's now in Montgomery and just an all-star guy. They don't make guys better than that. No, we miss him a lot. But, you know, but that's what you were talking about a minute ago when you said you got, you were fortunate that you had good people that worked for, I mean, you know, you and Eldrick couldn't be two different kind of guys except, you know, two more, you know, black guy from Phoenix City, Puerto Rican guy who's, I mean, but somehow or another, he was incredibly loyal to you. So that's, that. I'm glad you used that word, loyalty. Um, me and my wife were raised with, uh, they fed us values every single day. That doesn't mean we follow all of them. I'm just okay. saying uh-huh. that I'm, I'm no saint. Um, 
But, it, and, and bodega transparency, respect, loyalty, and gratitude goes long ways. Um, and we don't only expect them from our guys. We use, we apply them every single day to everyone that goes there. Um, we have a staff and obviously business, they have to have a structure to, to be successful. But I tell everyone, well, it's a legacy restaurant. I'm, I'm, I went, I had the blessing of going back home to see my dad on Father's Day. And I went to the restaurant that I used to work at. I was amazed that I knew the menu like if it was yesterday. I saw customers that I took care of them when I was 16 years old that they're still going there and eating the same thing. They were eating 35 years ago. And that validated that bodega is in the right track. As long as we keep it like that, uh, and, and my old boss from Wednesday, Dr. Roldan used to tell me, hey, Cesar, keep on doing the same thing the right way over and over again without him knowing that that's, that's the way we do business. But, you know, if you look in Columbus, there are a number of what I would call legacy restaurants. Countries is a legacy oh. restaurant. C customer base, I mean, I've probably eaten more meals at Countries over the, since 1989 than anywhere else. Uh, the Loft would be a legacy restaurant. And, you know, if you look, talking about the downtown kind of area. And, and both of those owners... I, 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 which I respect a lot because since I got here, they have embraced. They eat at your restaurant. And they go there like on a weekly basis. And I'm, 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 I'm blessed because of that as well. Because I, I, first, I thought that I was on my own when I started this journey. And I come to see that, that there's a lot of support from other restaurants, from the legacy ones, and, and that they understand and they're happy to help us out and to guide us through the process. Do you think part of that is, you know, Jim Morpeth is the country's owner and Buddy Nelms owns the loft and uh, Mabella's and Salt Cellar, but do you think part of that is that guys that do what you do and what they do can look at each other and have a mutual respect and, you know, because have, I've worked in restaurants, and I know it's not easy work. I know it's hard, back-breaking work, and I know owning one's got to be even harder because you're, you're, you know, you know, rain could cut your your business in half that night. But do you think that part of that respect comes from guys like that where they can look at you and go, man, the guy's doing it right, or the guy's here trying, trying to make this work? Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, last week, Jim was sitting down at the bar, and I asked him, are you writing down all your experience that you have had in your restaurants? Because when, when you're gone, people don't understand that the, you had a place that was burned out, that, you, that so many stories that we share with each other that they're unbelievable. Like, well, and, and Buddy as well, like, he, he, people will see him now, 
and won't understand that all the struggles that he has been not only because like that's why I say I, mean, I hated the loft when it was a Korean restaurant. That, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I watch I watch the metamorphosis of it. So under you gotta understand, it's not a business; it's a person moving forward. But that means you're pulling your whole family. That's your lifestyle. That's what you do. And and <laughs> I one thing that I was that really worried me at the beginning was social media. Because 12 years ago, social media was not like it is now. It is brutal now with people choosing to go and try out your restaurant based on opinions that I respect a lot from customers that... Or somebody's having a bad day, you have a server that's having a bad day, and you get hammered. Exactly. You get hammered. I've, I've, I've reacted... And, and I've talked to Jim about it. Um, and and I reacted in a way that I, f- I felt a little embarrassed after I, I go towards it. And I cannot go and talk to you. Are you a quick-tempered guy? Or are you? So I am, I am a person that won't hesitate to, to let someone that I'm not comfortable with what they did based on that value's structure that I just told you but I'm so quick I'm saying I'm sorry when I'm and I'm hearing that I'm wrong when I did it wrong and mean it so you don't have trouble you don't have trouble backing down from a position no I don't if I was wrong I was wrong I'm human I mean that's yeah I'm not perfect I'm I'm I think I'm I'm gonna keep learning until the day I die there's people that that when they're dying they say like oh I would have done this differently um, I can admit it right now. <laughs> I don't have to be dying to admit that I made the wrong choice. Um, but I'm I'm really fast protecting my staff. And a lot of your staff is family, right? You have, or do, do you have family? Do you have family? The only family blood related that is a bodega is Josie. Okay. I mean, she's my wife. She's not even <laughs> blood related. I mean, um, I have one of my nieces working there now. It has been she has been there for four months. But it appears that we're family because of those core values. But okay. I tell people, no, we're a tribe. It is a tribal system. If you want to change something, you just got to fight me. No, nah, you just got to say, but say you, it. But, you know, that tribe mentality goes a long way. Downtown, the people that live downtown essentially are a tribe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the people at your restaurant are a tribe. I mean, you know, we we are tribal in a lot of ways that we do things, even if we don't want to admit it, aren't we? We are. Even the name. That's why I related so much to Columbus. Obviously, if you have been here for 40, 50 years you, or all your life, you don't look at it like that. But... Columbus is a place that it reminds me so much at, at, at my hometown that is crazy. I feel so comfortable here. And when my parents come here, my father-in-law, everyone knows my father-in-law in here. I bring He comes in here and, and everyone knows Mike. And they're happy to see him. And, and he feels at home in here. It's somebody who has been has adopted Columbus and essentially been adopted by Columbus 
very much a two-way street. Um, how has your perception of Columbus changed from the first time you were here to now? If you could kind of expand that on that. So, so obviously when I came here, I was really optimistic and, and I saw things from an outside perception. Uh, something I've been looking four at years, for four years. years from that. Yeah, you have been looking at it for. I don't decades. even see it anymore. Now that I've been here for four years, that I'm I'm not looking because at the beginning I was looking at Columbus as another uh, another place that I was going to work in the military and move on. So when you go to those places, post is your home, even though you live outside. Um, it's it's base is. As a soldier, it's different than every regular citizen that lives in a community. We're we're our own tribe yeah. inside that community. And four years from from that and change, my mindset is different. Now I'm not a soldier anymore. Now I'm a, a regular citizen. Yes, I am a veteran, but but my mentality with my neighbors are not the same. That oh, I'm living in two years. Uh, it's, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm still optimistic. I still see the opportunities, but I see it in a different way because it affects me. In What's a the thing way. about Columbus that you like the most? Columbus is really, 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 really inclusive from any and every lifestyle, even though it seems that is not. Well, you know, that I was having a conversation with uh, two guys this weekend. And we were talking about how cliquish Columbus was 35 years ago and how hard it was to break into certain groups. And you're sitting here saying now that's not an issue. Well, because I, I, I never experienced it like that. Interesting. Okay? I could see it. Yeah. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I could see it. But Columbus is in a in – in a, the reality of Columbus now – Nobody can control it where it goes. Even though people see it like, yeah, I'm, I'm this and I'm What do you that. mean? What do you mean? As soon as you include and grow a city the way Columbus and as fast as Columbus is growing, like bringing new hotels, those three new hotels that downtown has influences everything because you're running a business. So you cannot afford to fill them up with people from Columbus only. You're bringing people from Atlanta. You're Are they coming people. to your restaurant? Yes. And you're bringing people from Miami, from other lifestyles that will affect uh, the way you see life and, and your reality. You can make it positive or negative. That's, your, that's everyone's choice, but will change everyone's mindset. So you can tell a difference in your business since those two downtown hotels have opened, a third one's about to. Totally. Totally. Uh, for the good, at some, sometimes, and for the worst. In what way? In what way worse? So let's say, let's say um, staffing. Yeah. Obviously, if you come from a restaurant that is inside a hotel to a small restaurant like Bodega, um, your mindset is totally different. So you're you're having people from from 
fine dining, not only not only the hotel ones, but other establishment, to a, to, at, to a at, simple restaurant that we do things totally different. So negative, let's save someone from my staff that is used to do things in a way, starts mingling and thinks that they can change the environment of Bodega because of uh, getting to know, getting to see that other ways, um, we, 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 we get hit because we feel it in the floor. We feel it in the kitchen everywhere. That's one thing about a small restaurant, one glitch and it can domino all the way oh. throughout the whole thing. Yes. It's like a drop of water in a cup and a drop of water in a pool in a pool. You don't even notice it, but in that cup of water, you see it instantly. So, and I'm not, I cannot say positive or negative because I, things are seen, it depends on the, on, on the way you're looking at them. I think if you're patient enough, you can make a, a, a negative thing positive or you will see the positive aspects from it. You, you know, if you're a glass half full kind of guy or woman, you have no business in the re in the restaurant hospitality business. You've got to be a positive outlook guy, person to 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 be successful in in a restaurant. You or, have to. I mean, in every, any business, it's simple. When you go to college and you go to the university and you get your degree and they taught you all these theories and they graded you. Um, according to a, a plan that they have. Their who, standards. Who, 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 yeah, who says that's right? Who, who tells a lawyer that, that passed the bar that that judge is going to see what he said and his closing argument and the jury, and they will take it the same way somebody took it 30 years ago because with a different... It comes back to life experience. Yes. What it's, we were talking about early in this podcast. Is what you do with what you got. It's, I won't be, I've always tell everyone, I will close Bodega in a second. Don't look back. I won't even sell it. I'll close it down if Josie tells me she doesn't like it anymore. That's all it takes. Because I open it with her. And I'll close it with her. A lot of people don't. A lot of people would have trouble understanding that. Well, I'm a human being. I have my expectations out of life. I'll be 50 years in October. Half a century in my life, I, can't, I have come to realize that my family is what's important to me. My wife has spent more than half of her life with me. Bodega is, is, we love Bodega. But people say, oh, it's like your child. No, it's not. I don't have to choose between Bodega and my wife the same way a person will have to choose between his wife and his kid. That's, don't come, I won't be, I won't compare a business with a child, never. So Bodega is a business. At the end of the day, it's a business. It's a way you draw your livelihood. It's, oh, no. Not even that, because I'm retired. 
bodega, I'm more, we are, we know that we're more responsible for our staff and our customers than for how much money we make. So if I have a staff of 15 or 20, these guys are sustaining their families and these guys are building their future based on my responsibility. So it's, Bodega is not the restaurant that people see only. It's not the building. It's not the. It's a combination of things that have a responsibility over a lot of families. So it, it's not. It's not the brand. The brand is something, and I think we've done decent with that. Now you talk about Bodega, and either people know it or they have never been in it. Well, you know, the thing about Bodega to me is you name a restaurant Bodega, it better be good because the name's implying. The name has a certain gravitas to it. But it, it yes, and you're totally right. To name a, to name a business that you didn't, because that restaurant, we didn't have a business plan. We didn't even thought we were going to open What does Bodega it. mean? It's Bodega has a lot of different meanings yeah. depending on what country are you in. So in, in Colombia, Bodega, they have told me, the guys that, Colombian guys that worked here, that is where you store things. Okay. In uh, Spain, Bodega is a wine cellar. In Puerto Rico, a Bodega, they were born in, the, in New York on big cities and was like a small market, but they sold one dish or sandwiches or stuff like that, but cigarettes, and you play lotto on it. And actually, that's what we thought Columbus needed, a small market inside downtown. And that's how we started with sandwiches only. That's all we had. We didn't have food, like a, 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 compli a complex dish. And uh, You have really good flying, though. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's different. It's a little different than the normal flying you get. Well, it's all about the recipes and who makes it. Okay. Um, and the lady that makes the one at Bodega, uh, I, I know she puts her heart into it. So That's a lot of leche, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bodega, the name, when it, we were brainstorming, and this is, think about it. I jump into it with my wife to sell it. I'm going to make it as commercial as I can to be able to sell it. But then we got hooked on it the same way I got hooked in the military because I'm, I'm a little bit passionate about the things that I do. Um, so it was bodega, bodega, but it seems empty. Josie, what were we missing? And she's like the 1205. And not, I, I didn't even understand. And that's it. the like, address. That's what? the address. And I, I asked her, what does 1205 mean? And she's like, come on, man, it's the address. And it had the flow, it made sense, and we jump on that. Bodega twelve oh five is at twelve oh five uh twelfth street in downtown Columbus, sort of across from the side of the C V and T. Uh you know, one of the things about Columbus that I mean you wake up and it every day is a little little different. I mean <laughs> yes. you know, you woke up one morning a few months back and all of a sudden 
Those guys are filming a motion picture. Yeah. And oh. they stole all your parking places well, on a Saturday morning. So, I would have loved to have seen you when you pulled up and saw those cones. No, the, the first thing that I received was the map from one of our customers and good friends, Andy, sends me through text. Like, do you know about this? And like you said, I jump out because <laughs> he was like, I don't know. He sent it to me really early in the morning. And it's like, okay, they're going to shut and down. Like, all what? My- what is this? So when I showed up, yes, I see the yellow tape in front of all the parkings in front of Bolivia and, uh, and, and John Travolta's feminine movie across uh, the street. John Travolta. Yes. I mean, uh, I like his movie, Face Off. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> but I saw it in a totally different way because he was going to, this time his movie was not going to entertain me. It was going to affect the way we did business. And the first thing I did was call one of uh, a business, of the business owners. I have a lot of respect. He will know who I'm talking about if he listens to me. And when I told him about it, he said, no, no, man, they're just closing the streets and uh, the the parking lot. They're not closing the street. It's just, and I told him, brother, they're closing my restaurant. You don't understand the chemistry of every restaurant is totally different. There's restaurants that you just know they're, they're, closed their facade and all that good stuff but you still know it's open you're waiting for it bodega you're waiting for those umbrellas to be out and the plants to be out and the pig and the pig and the rooster um so but it took him only a week to figure it out because that's what happened did you meet with the the production people so at one point I saw a guy walking into a, 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 one of the cars, and I could identify that was that was no an everyday Joe's car. And I call him. It's like, hey, do you work in the in the movie? And he's like, yes, I'm part of the staff. And I said, hey, so can you tell anyone, someone, to come and talk to me? I'm, I'm, I work at this restaurant, real here and it's kind of affecting us and I need to know a few things and uh, next day um, I don't know the title probably production manager I don't know he showed up and he was really respectful and he understood and I told him let's see work let's see how this works out um, obviously there's a lot of things that are out of their control I know I'm not against progress course I, I i was waiting for john travolta to walk in the restaurant never happened <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely affected us like big time you know you know and that's part of the the beauty and the headache of downtown is things that happen downtown that don't happen anywhere else in the city and you just you kind of have you literally have to go with the flow and the we never think about the second and third order effects of things. 
So right now, I was really worried about my servers. Because, because, because tips. They, we're, we're, yes, and we're, the way business are right now, we're struggling to get new staff. We can, we don't, I don't know one business that is fully staffed right now and that have the opportunity of choosing who you're going to let in that business. And if my staff, especially the servers, were going to be affected by the tips, they could start looking into other possibilities. Um, That's one thing about service staff because in Columbus, they jump from restaurant to restaurant, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, I understand it. doesn't mean I respect it. <laughs> I understand it. And, and especially staff, uh, the service community, they're kind of like nomads. Because um, you're going to go, it's, it, you're going to go where, where you make the most money out of. And then you understand the, the more time you, you stay in that job and that profession, you, you'll see that there's some other things that you should value about where the restaurant that you work at. You know, we've talked a lot about the restaurant. We're getting near the end of our time, but you know, you were, you said that in on October, I believe it's October 23rd, you've got your 50th birthday. Um, I've got one just before that. There'll be my 62nd. You start getting into those fifties and above and you start taking stock where you are and where you're going. Mm -hmm. um, how are you, I mean, what are you thinking as you're approaching number 50? <laughs> uh, I've been blessed. I've done everything I wanted when I wanted to do it and when I, I've been capable of doing it, okay? Um I've been blessed enough to, to spend so much time with my wife and, and together. Um, I definitely miss my family, like my mom and my dad. I wake up with that. They're, itch. they're back home in Puerto Rico. Yes, that itch of what if. I know you should be there more for them. Um, Do you miss Puerto Rico? Of course. <laughs> I was there for 38 years. That's that's how I grew up. That's that's why and that's who I am. People, I don't know if from some people I'm a bully. For others, I'm I'm just real, a real easy going. For others, are I'm loving and charming. For others, I'm <laughs> an animal. I don't know. I'm I, I I'm I'm Cesar because I grew up there, and I had to. Will uh, you and Josie ever go home? We do. We do actually. You think you'll ever go home? Oh, back home? Yeah. That's one question like the military. I would never thought I was going to be a soldier. Here I am. It depends on, we still have our properties there. And we're investing a little bit there. Um, more than what I thought I was going to do last year. So I don't know. I cannot tell you yes or no. Like I told you, if... If Josie doesn't like Bolega anymore, I'll turn it off. So imagine that. Where should I go? 
Should I go to the place that I thought I was going to retire at, which was Savannah or Frisco, Texas, or Hawaii? We're really, Yossi and I That's are, very different. I mean, Savannah obviously is in Georgia, but it's a very different place, Columbus. Yes. Frisco is a Dallas, a suburb of Dallas. Yes. Uh, in Hawaii. I mean, you say you're an islander or Caribbean, uh, of Caribbean and not necessarily Hispanic. I see his because uh, I see that Latino. He's Latino, Latino, just because of the language. And there's so many. It's like, oh, he's American. Yeah, you're part of the U.S. That doesn't mean that you think and your reality is the same as someone from Minnesota that I used to work at. And I love that place, and I hate it with my heart because it's cold all the time. When I used to work for 3M, I had to go there, and I didn't look forward Minnesota. to it. Yes. Yeah. Folks that were raised in tropical climates don't do well in the sub stuff. Um, I'm fixing to throw my director, Lewis, into this a little bit. You've been listening to this, and, you know, he's talked about, you know, learning in college, your recent graduate of Florida State. You've heard him kind of talk about life and stuff. What what would you like to know? I think I would like to know how did you advertise it to like to actually get it started? Like how did you advertise it to the people around you to get like as many people to come in as you do now? <laughs> That's interesting. That's so actually, at some point in my life, I, I was in advertising. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean. I knew anything about it because advertising today is totally different than 20 years ago. Because of social media. Yes. I, at the beginning, yes, we exploited social media because nobody knows who you are and that's the easiest and cheapest way to put yourself out there. We use a lot of radio. We use a lot of TV. There's a lot of options out there. Um, But at some point, we just pulled everything out and we were right now i don't even post so it's word of mouth it's repeat, service repeat customers word of mouth a hundred percent you can advertise as many and i'm i'm careful about that as well the fact that you're getting a lot of people means that you can fail multiple times on the same day because you were not in the level that you said you were gonna be at so Advertising to me, it is a really risky and balanced act. I cannot, I cannot promise you what I'm not going to give you because you will be there and you'll be disappointed. Yeah. To me, my customers, our customers, are our customers while they're there. Yep. As soon as you walk out, yeah, you're my, I know you, you know Bodega, but I got to get your attention again um, to let you know I'm here for you. And word of mouth and and being humble with people and open with people. I go to every single table. There is sitting down at Bodega. And you're a conversationalist. You can talk yes. you can talk to that wall and it probably talk and, about and, it. And uh, yes. I, I um that's that has been a blessing and a curse. <laughs> but advertising, it it is not about the amount of people that you get in that door. Is the amount of people that live satisfied with what you gave them. 
And I tell all, always tell us this. Once they're going to come back and bring their friends. Yes. I tell the staff, customers are not always right, but they have to live satisfied. So I have to match whatever I offer in the commercial with whatever I'm able to give. So social media will give you a lot of likes, but that's that doesn't multiply it into dollars. Yeah. It, not, <laughs> not at all. Not, it, it ha- some, there's some... no relationship with likes and... Uh, 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 dollar bills that you need to to keep your business moving forward. You know, we've hit the end of this, and that's a pretty good way to end it. I've, one of the things I do with, on my podcast is after a, an hour of asking you questions, I give you a chance to ask me one. And shoot. That's too easy. You've asked me what have I seen in Columbus and all that good stuff. I'm going to ask you openly, what do you think we can do better at Bodega? Because I don't, I don't, I care about the things that we're doing right because it validates it, but I care more about the things that we can do to make it better. I think you've got, you know, you're going to get mad at me when I say this, but uh, I wish you were open for dinner more. Because, I mean, I know you have started, you've mostly been a breakfast mm-hmm. and lunch place. Now you're starting to, every now and then I'll see that you're open. And I, I can't tell if it's a party, private party that's being done or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'll see you on some of the weekend nights where you appear to be open at night. You know, but also know that the, probably the most important thing a restaurant can do is be itself. Do what it does best and try not to do everything else, whether it's menu items or it's the niche and the hours. Because y'all are a you're a brunch place. You're you're a good weekend brunch place. Uh you've got a really good breakfast sandwich. Uh that kind of stuff that you can kind of grab and go food. Um and then the lunch, the Cuban wife's we'll gonna get Cuban for lunch. So no, not as an excuse. The reality is we even have our alcohol license and we don't use it. And why I don't open at night, we don't have the resources to do so. I don't have the staffing there to support Bodega at night. I will have to open a second shift that where am I going to get the guys from? Other restaurants? And uh, it's working like that. And all of a sudden, you've got to be there instead of 10 hours a day or 11 hours or 12 hours a day. you got to be there 14 to 16 hours a day. 16, 18 hours a day. That that means the next day, since I'm so passionate, I won't be there uh, as <laughs> so, <laughs> so, happy. Yeah, so you're going to probably stay as a, as a breakfast, lunch place. As long as it's working and I can sustain the staff that I have with it, yes. Um, if the opportunity comes and the resources are there, uh, of course, I want to, I want to be able to measure bodega with the other restaurants that do dinner. Well, you met, and you know, right now you've got some pretty good ones right there around you. I mean, you know, that whole 12th street, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, obviously you got the standards, the salt cellar, the Epic, the, 
you know, um, the stock market, uh, my Bella's uh, Animal Farms turned into a good little restaurant. It is really good. And then you've got Black Cow. I mean, the Black Cow, you just hit certain moods where you're going to go to the Black Cow because that's what you want. And, um, yep. Well, this has been a really interesting hour. And, you know, and I knew it would be because you and I talk, give it, we talk this Saturday morning. But our guest this week has been Cesar. Roll it. Uh, roll the R for me. I Cesar. Cesar. Okay. <laughs> no, guy from you fall Alabama should not try to roll his R's. <laughs> Cesar Batista. Uh, and I want to thank Lewis for jumping in with a question. I know I caught him off guard, but I'm always curious what the people sitting on the switchboard here have to say because they're hearing it too, and they're hearing it with a little different a little different ears than I am. So, Cesar, thank you for being here. And we've talked a lot about your restaurant. It's the Bodega. It's in downtown Columbus. But we talked about Columbus and through the eyes of a guy who's adopted this city and cities adopted him. So I've been, it's an honor to be here. I knew it was going to be fun. <laughs> and and hopefully uh, what we talk about is interesting to somebody that wants to either open a restaurant or not open. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you around, brother. Thanks Thank for you. being here. The Chuck Williams Show airs on Tuesday nights from 7 to 8 on WRBL.com. It's also available on your favorite podcast format, iHeart, Spotify, and Apple. Social media, yeah, we're there too. You can get me on Twitter at Chuck Williams, Facebook, Chuck Williams WRBL, Instagram, Chuck Williams 0999.